Welcome into episode 126 of the Natural Hat Trick Podcast. Alongside Craig Morgan, who you just heard, and Jamie Eisner, I'm Luke Lipinski. Gentlemen, how are we? Okay, except I'm drinking the worst flat white Starbucks has ever made. You should have gotten the uh, chestnut praline chai tea oh, latte. Can't I can't believe you brought that up on the air. Oh, you mentioned that you're <laughs> at the top. even aware of that drink. I, it took you me had four drink, minutes to read it. It was downright delightful, okay. and I'm not going to apologize for it. Quite Jamie, frankly, I have not had that drink. No, you're missing out. You haven't lived. So we're really good at doing this on the show, or we're terrible. You can tweet into the show at the Natty Hattie. You can email the show at the natural hat trick at gmail.com and uh, great meal. Or you can track Luke down at his house, knock on his door, and ask him questions. And just ask me hockey questions. Yeah, that's fine too. Uh, you'll probably get better answers because it'll be just from me without the filter of Jamie and Craig. So, the voices of reason, yeah. <laughs> that's what you guys are calling yourselves? Yeah, now? that's wow. our tag team name. So, we have discussed in the past, and I have to lay this out there to start the show, otherwise, it's not going to make a whole lot of sense as the show goes on. The prospect of playing Natty Hattie Bingo. So, Greg Meal emailed the show with a Natty Hattie Bingo card that none of us have looked at yet. Chris Schubert, esteemed, are we calling him a producer at this point? Yeah, we call him a producer. I wouldn't call him esteemed. Okay. Um, just producer, Chris Schubert, has the card. He's what's left over. <laughs> Leftover wow. producer, Chris Schubert, <laughs> has the card. Uh, I saw one of the items on the card because it was emailed oh, to, to me. But I don't think Cheater. I don't know that we're gonna hit that. How one. many items are on this card? Twenty five. Twenty five. Is there a? There's a free space in the middle, right? There is. Okay, that may as well just be Chiarelli. But okay, that's uh, so it's five by five. So it's gonna be sort of tough to go across. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if, it's, if we're actually gonna hit bingo. I've seen one square. Neither one of these two have seen any. So anytime we hit one, Chris is just gonna hit a bell, and that's we'll review it at the end. And if you heard that bell already, we've already hit one. Yeah, we, we hit one before we previewed it. Okay. Wow. So that's how good we are. We won't, uh, or how predictable we are. But let's go with the first I'm one. I'm just going to start spewing terms instead of talking to you guys. Is that all right? How is that different than episodes one through one twenty-five? Okay. Fair. So we're going to try and just do this organically, though, and, and do the actual. Yeah, show. no, we haven't seen it, so no, we haven't. So um, I don't know. Do we want to start with the the like off the ice stuff? That's what Craig listed first on his show sheet. Is this a show sheet? The return of the supersonics. These were just thoughts. Oh, <laughs> usually I get thoughts back. This is like a laundry Sometimes list of, of things that you need to get at the store. These aren't even actual items. Let's start in the Pacific Division. Okay. The LA Kings have the second best record in hockey now. Oh. And, and the Golden Knights just won again last night against Anaheim. So I, I'm assuming these are both playoff teams, the way they're going. I'm wondering if... I mean, L.A. has 39 points, so they're, they're playing very well. There, there's no doubt about that. But the Pacific Division stinks. Vancouver's in third place. An expansion team is in second place. Something smells rank here in the Pacific Division. Is it just me? Yeah, something's up. Uh, I wrote something for the website last night on Anaheim, and how they and they lost again after I wrote it. So they've lost seven of eight. Well, they have like seven players, don't yeah, they? Yeah, everybody's hurt. Yeah, well, I guess that was kind of the point. I went through, and it's it's not just... It's not just that they have seven or eight players hurt. It's that they're all really important players, or they've had important players miss games, and now they're back or traded to New Jersey. So with all that and the fact that they've lost seven of eight and three in a row, they're still just four points out of third in the Pacific, which sort of speaks to Craig's point. Like, I don't know that the Pacific's getting more than three teams in the playoffs this year. I don't either, When you look, especially when you look at the Central. 
Dallas seems to be hitting its stride right now as well. Maybe the Blackhawks are still going to find their way in as the last wild card. I don't know. Minnesota's playing better hockey, too. I, the Pacific Division, to me, just looks awful right now. And just the fact that the Vancouver Canucks are still in contention, I think it rankles me even more than Vegas. I just used the word rankles, rankles. by the way. Wow. Yeah. Rankles him. Was that on the card? Probably not. Rankles probably might not be a word. Perturbed. <laughs> So, uh, well, it, it, part of it is if you look at two teams that we expected to be significant playoff players in the Pacific. That's great alliteration, by the way. I wish that was on the bingo card. Jamie com- complimenting himself. That's not on the <laughs> yeah, bingo I bet card. that should be that should be on there somewhere. Maybe that's the free uh, Calgary and Anaheim. And we just talked about Anaheim being injured. Just Calgary's just been disappointing. It's just been meh. Like we haven't. We've talked about seeing tangible steps forward for young teams. We haven't seen that in like three years for Calgary. Like I wonder, I just that team. I wonder what's missing. Me too, because that blue line's good, and they have some players up front. Maybe they just don't have enough depth yet up front. I don't know. You know, they have players up front, but it's really just like three guys scoring. Well, and, that's the thing. And one of them is not who you would. Okay, so Johnny Gaudreau is he's got thirty six points through twenty seven yeah, games. He's very very good. But he's he's crossed the line from very very good to could win the scoring title this year. Just yeah. in the Art Ross. I mean, I don't think he will, but he's right there. He's second or third in the league. Sean Monahan's got 15 goals in 27 games, so put him on pace for about 45 goals. Mm-hmm. Michael Furland is third on the team with goals with 11. You don't have Michael Furland on your roster to be one of your top goal scorers. Nobody else is doing anything. Yeah, Sam Bennett, I think, is killing this team. Uh, they they yeah. needed to see more progress from him, and they have not. He's been a disappointment. And that, that settles you, right, on your top two lines if you're getting production from yeah. him. Oh, that, See, I, I, was, I was so critical of them burning a year of his ELC, and maybe, maybe it was brilliant. Now they can get rid of him a year sooner. <laughs> Now you have to apologize to a GM. Uh, I, but, I mean, you guys both heard the rumors that it's Sam Bennett for Oliver ekman Larson now, right? <laughs> that, that came up last week. Sam Bennett yeah. and whichever TJ defenseman. Brody. Yeah, was yeah. It Brody? I did hear okay. that when I left. Yeah. <laughs> now I just kind of wonder. Maybe it was TJ Brody. We'll never know until the end of the show. Um, Mark Jankowski has been I'm guessing good. it was Oliver ekman Larson. Maybe it was. Uh, Oliver ekman Larson trade rumors. Mm. Poorly constructed. All Which of Canadian team is it going to this week? Mm-hmm. Well, see, this is the problem. They're not playing any Canadian teams this week, so there won't be any rumors this week. They're just well, playing Boston. Well, no, the rumors would be tra- the Coyotes are trading Oliver ekman Larson and their entire franchise to Seattle. Oh, that's, yeah. that's, that's a new rumor. I think I'm free to say that Brad Tree Living also laughed at that rumor. Well, yeah, because yeah. he's... He laughed. He's I mean, I'm sure one he, of the smartest his, GMs. His actual sure response would, was LOL. I'm sure he'd <laughs> love to have that trade, but... <laughs> As I told you, maybe he typed OEL and it just sort of came out. Yeah, the that's right. There is some gray area, yeah, there, I suppose. So, um, yeah, that'd be, that would solve a lot of Calgary's problems. I don't, I don't get what their issue is because Mike Smith hasn't been bad. In fact, he's probably been their second best player, and their defense is loaded. I think you just brought it up, though. Who's scoring? Yeah, I mean they're not getting enough secondary scoring. They're not getting any secondary scoring except Michael Furland. How did we not? Realized that they were going to have an issue with depth scoring. I think we did. I think we just said, look, look, look at their defensive core. They upgraded in net, and they have a very good first line that we thought that would probably be enough to kill you into the postseason at least. Yeah. It should, I mean, on paper, it should be. It still might. And I guess that's the underlying point in the Pacific Division is like even Edmonton, for as bad as they've been, they're not out of it because the division is just weak. And it's not like Edmonton's gone on a run, they've won one in a row. As the, we record this podcast. Is that a thing? Yes. They've won one straight games. Um, they have 24 points. Van- That's the problem. Vancouver being in third just looks so temporary, doesn't it? It does. Yeah, well, we've been saying that about Vegas, too. And 
Well, it hasn't happened yet. Although if they never lose in, at home, then I guess yeah, they'll stay really there. they're really good at home. What's up with Matthew Kachuk, too, by the way? Four goals? Yeah. Yeah. That, that one sort of surprises me. When you look up and down the rest of Calgary's roster, though, you're like, okay, what well, did I really expect? I mean, Michael Backlund hasn't been bad, but he hasn't been nearly as good as he was. Right. Uh, the thing that's weird is the defense has pretty much done what you would expect. Mike Smith has done what you would expect, and Goudreau's actually doing more than I would have expected. I'm pace for like 100 points this year. So, anyway, that's Calgary. But, I mean, they're still, they're still right there. They're, what, a point, two points out of a playoff spot? Three mm-hmm. points? San Jose's hanging around. They haven't been great. But Anaheim, for all their injuries and all their losses, if they start getting these guys back, and they're supposed to get a lot of them back in December. Like right. Getzlaff's supposed to come back at some point. Uh, Lindholm's supposed to come so back. So they'll probably climb in and, and knock Vancouver down. Yeah, yeah they're just going to hang around a little bit here. But Vegas, man, I mean, if they – Again, if they're if they're in this by the dog days in late January, they're not going away. Shouldn't you have to say Vegas baby every time you Vegas talk about baby? It? Yeah, okay, I will it. from now on. Uh, who wins the division? L.A. It looks like it right now. I mean, yeah, they're building up such a lead that I can't. And the two teams that are on their heels, there's no way those teams are winning, right? Vegas isn't winning the division, are no, they? No, they're not. Uh, the house always wins. I'm not, I'm not going to go against that. The uh, L.A. Been, just. They haven't been a particularly good road team, and I think that that could cost them. They've been unreal at home, but they're not a they're not a great road team. No. When yeah. are they getting Flurry back? I don't know. I, never. Oh, well, that's that could hurt. Uh, L.A. This is the other thing to point out from November 9th to November twenty fourth. So it started with a loss to Tampa Bay and ended with a loss to the Coyotes in overtime. They had dropped seven of eight, and they're still eighteen eight and three at this point. I mean, they've won six straight since then. But even, like, if you're looking at L.A. and you're saying, oh, they've, they've just played way over their heads, they can't possibly keep this up, they had a terrible slump in the middle of November, and they still have one of the best records in hockey. And they've been nothing special at home yet either. Like, they've been really strong. 10-3-1 on the road this year. Yeah. That's a sign of a good team to me. If you're, if you're consistently winning on the road, I think that's, that's a sign. What is Dustin Brown's I, I, career high in points? Well, What's going on here? Yeah, well, and, and we, we talked to him when, the last time he was in town, and, and the fact that he's playing with skilled players has certainly helped, but I think the coaching change sounds like it's helped as much as it. Well, we don't even have to guess anymore since Drew Doughty just came out and said it, that the, that the yeah. relationship with the coach was, was clearly the problem. I mean, that's it, right? Yeah, I mean, they were pretty blunt. Dustin wouldn't say it, but Drew Doughty just said, well, I'm not going to lie. Yeah, I don't <laughs> That's think it. Drew Doughty has much of a filter when he talks. No, apparently not. This is Dustin Brown's point totals by year, okay? This is, from, this is from when he became public enemy number one in the city that we live in, in Phoenix, after the playoffs where he did a number of things to the Coyotes and then ended the series by taking out Michael Roosevelt's knees. Here's, uh, here's his point totals. 29, 27, 27. 28, 36 last year, and he already has 24 this year. Like he's on pace for like 70 points. Yeah. What is going on? I no idea. I've That's one of the most Jamie perplexing stat lines of the year so far. He did play a good chunk of the season with Kopitar, and Kopitar's having a terrific year. So yeah, but he's played with him before too, right? But he wasn't for a while. He wasn't getting power play time. That was a yeah. big part of it. They had removed him from the power play. Or you know, very limited minutes in the power play. So he's getting opportunities. He's playing in those situations. And as he said, you know, I, every player will tell you this. I always believed I could do it, but he's actually doing it. Is Daryl Sutter ever going to be a head coach in the NHL? I don't know. I, I wonder about that one. He's sort of one of those really 
crotchety old school guys that I'm not sure anybody who's looking at the new wave of players, that the, the type of player that needs to know the why, not just what to do. Yeah. I'm not sure he's the type of coach that you bring in anymore. And you start to think back to being locked out of the locker room and all that other stuff oh, that, 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 that transpired that along was a big the way. Deal. Oh, is that go, a problem? And alienating the captain, stripping him of his seat. Yeah, you start to think of all those things, and I, I don't know. I don't know if a team's going to want to take him on. So who's at the top of the list now? Is it Dave Tippett? Is Dave Tippett the top of the list For of me, guys yes. who yeah. will be hired next? I, I would say so. Now, who's at the top of the hot list right now? To actually, Well, I think we know who that is at this point. There's a guy in Philadelphia yeah. who just dropped 10 in a row, yeah. and that city's not real. <laughs> Real patience, and uh, I mean, look. The no, Hackstall's our guy. It's all good. Oh, okay. confidence. Uh, don't Hext- you mean Hackstall? Hackstall, Hackstall. It's just so confusing. It's already, he coached yeah. his son. Are they going to bring, like, the next coach? Is there another coach whose name sounds like Hackstall? Of, we don't see that kind of cronyism here in Arizona. Oh, wait, never mind. No, no, no. <laughs> this, this is a hockey podcast, right? <laughs> Does Hackstall put up a lot of points on the scoreboard of life? Uh, not yet. Okay. Right now, I, that's all I wanted to know. He's putting up no points anywhere. Um, Maybe the Flyers just need a CEO. What about Todd McClellan? There's another guy That's whose that, yeah. job is, mm, yeah. I would call it tenuous. It's, I would say it's tenuous, but here's what Philadelphia has done. They just, they just won. But Other than dropped, that 10-game losing streak? Well, they were the first team to lose to the Coyotes, and I get that the Coyotes have been a lot better since the end of October. But, but they're also not good. They were the first team to lose. I mean, that doesn't go over well in Philadelphia, Also, right? Nolan Patrick is not ready. No. no. He's invisible on the ice. Well, here's... Much like Calgary, except Philadelphia isn't winning, although they beat Calgary, so my world just came full circle. Uh, their main guys are productive for the most part. Yeah, Drew's had a solid season. Yep, Morichek. Morichek's been they've, good. They've been on the same line, so they've that. That's a spare bounce. That's back. part of the problem right there. Is they're getting it from one line too, right? Couturier is on pace. He's point per game player right now. He's got fourteen goals. Like between those two guys. Yeah. But you don't even really expect that from Couturier. Giroux's on pace for a little more than 82 points, and Voracek's right around a 100-point pace. But And you're right, Gostaspare, who it's like he took last year off. Uh, he's been really good this year, but then, I, I mean, who who's even on their second line? Well, no, that's he, the problem. Wayne Simmons is a And Wayne Simmons player. hasn't been good yeah. this year. Which, and he's been the guy that's yeah. been good for them when everybody else has been he bad. He has. But I, I look at Simmons' numbers, 15 and 27 games, 15 points, 27 games. He's... He's not what he typically is, but he hasn't been terrible enough to drag the whole team down. No. It's not, it's not Wayne Simmons' fault. No. They but, probably... But he hasn't been great. Should have addressed goalie with something other than Brian Elliott, too. Yeah, but, I mean... You yeah. know who would be a good guest to get on the show? Who's that? Just an angry fan from Philadelphia. Just like a random just, guy. Just, just a Philadelphia fan? Yeah. Just like pick, an area, pick the area code and just call a number. Are yeah. you a Flyer fan? And okay. he would just talk about what's wrong, minutes. what's wrong with Like Philly. a morning show deal? Yeah, we could do that on the show, right? Wouldn't it be nice if we could call people on the show? <laughs> I feel like we have before, haven't when we? I laid off of that. I thought that would be in poor taste. Yeah, that's to, why I said that. that. It would have been good to have someone, you know. We're pretty much all about poor taste on the show now, yeah. aren't we? Like, it would be really great to have on the show Jeff Baker, the Seattle Times reporter who's breaking all this news on the that's arena. That's interesting. Do you have any way to con- uh, connect with him? Well, uh, we, you know, if we had a phone line, oh. we, we could do that. Do you have any way to contact him, like, off the air to set sure, up something? I could, I could read his texts on the air if you oh. want. Yeah, you maybe we that? should do it that way. St- story time with Craig Morgan. Dramatically, though. <laughs> and in the voice of the cookie monster, if you could. <laughs> that's really the only way to, to dramatically read text. Me want hockey team. Uh, we, uh... I guess we can we can switch over to that now. We got a question. I don't have the question though. Do you have it, Jamie? Well, yeah. We, uh, uh, Matt Eisenhower actually uh, emailed into the podcast to 
ask us if we had any, one, just to talk about the whole Seattle relocation stuff and how it involves the Coyotes. Is it going to be an expansion team? Is it going to be a relocation team? Is it going to be the Coyotes? Uh, when, when is all that going to start again? So we'll see what happens there. Oh, oh that sound better. means it's the end of round one. Oh, I, I missed relocation talk. How about you guys? Uh, I almost threw up all over the mic when you brought it up. So that's, that's my contribution to this uh, conversation. Well, let's give people the particulars, first of all. Seattle will have an NHL-ready arena. They're spending about $600 million to renovate Key Arena. It should be ready to host a team by 2020. So the question is, what does that mean? Now, the NHL Board of Governors is going to meet Thursday and Friday in Florida this week. It's not officially on the agenda yet, but it is expected that Gary Bettman will at least address it in some form. Maybe they simply bring it up. Do they acknowledge interest in Seattle since everyone already knows they have interest? Bill Daly has already said they have interest. Do they announce plans to explore the market like they did with Vegas? That makes sense to me. You, you take a look at all the metrics first to see what Seattle is going to bring. Other possibilities, and I don't expect this one. Nobody expects this one. They're not going to announce plans to expand to a 32nd team, right? We're all in agreement. That's not going to come out of the Board of Governors no, this week. Uh, yeah. Or well, I don't know we're so. all in agreement, but everybody in this room is and, in agreement. And the last major question, how does Houston factor into all of this? That, so, that's the big question. Houston is still, I think, is a more attractive market. Let me. Um, can you give us the timeline again? When's Key Arena, which I've been to for 2020. many 2020. Okay, so $600 million, two, $2,600 to renovate it. Didn't they have a guy that was willing to build them a brand new arena and there's all kinds of I don't think we want to get stuck in that political mire. Okay. Wait, there's a wait, do people have issues building arenas? Yes, apparently. Like sports teams and markets and in, 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 in Seattle it's it's much deeper than most markets to be honest. Yeah. It's crazy up there. So this is how they got it done. And 600 million, you're clearly doing you're like doing a rebuild. There. You're basically <laughs> rebuilding key arena. Yeah, cuz that's a lot of money. That's I mean that's the cost of an arena. Um let me give you what little insight I can give you as somebody that grew up in Seattle. They want the Sonics. Yeah. They don't want a hockey team. They're the, not going to be like, oh, no, I don't want a hockey team. But they want the Sonics. That's the what they NBA want. The NBA is in no way, shape, or form ready to expand. No. So I mean, They've made that clear multiple my, times. My impression from – I mean, I still talk to a lot of people from Seattle, but even just from growing up there is that if they have to – get an arena ready that can house an NHL team and an NBA team. Like, if Seattle needs to take on an NHL team to get an NBA team, they will do it. Seattle would take on anything to get the Sonics back. But at least when I was there, hockey really isn't that big in Seattle. I'm not saying they don't deserve a team, and I'm sure it's changed. I haven't been there in over a decade now. But if you went to the majority of sports fans in Seattle and said your options are the Sonics or an NHL team, they're going to take the Sonics. I agree with you to a certain extent because they've never had any sort of – I mean, they had minor league presence, obviously. But there has been a thriving youth hockey program there for my entire life. A, a very good youth hockey program, by the way. Not a, an elite one. Yeah. But not really much in the way of high school hockey. Like my, yeah. my high school, none of the high schools I, see, I, I was against had hockey teams. Chicago – where I grew up had high school hockey as well, but it wasn't the big deal. There were the best teams were these open teams, you know, and that's what, sort of what I'm talking about. They've yeah. had elite levels of youth hockey. The Seattle Snow Kings was the that was the program while I was there, and they were competing 
for national championships. They were always like in the semifinals. They're a great team. And the Thunderbirds. I mean, WHL, mm-hmm. that's that's yeah. great yeah. tradition there. They get good support. I'm not saying Seattle doesn't deserve a team. I'm just saying be aware of the fact that I think a lot of this, I don't know if it's going this way now, but a lot of this started because they just want the Sonics back because they should never have yeah, left. Yeah, I would agree with that. But, you know, cities change, obviously. And look how well they've embraced their uh, soccer team. Seattle should have more than two of the four major sports. And the Mariners aren't even really a team. So they should have more than one of the four They're major sports. They're going to get Otani, so be happy. No, I'm not going to be happy. Sorry. That's the only team from Seattle I pull for still. And, yeah. So, so if, if, you're, if you're the NHL at this point, and, and again, they're not going to share what they're planning. I, I don't expect much to come out of the Board of Governors other than to acknowledge that Seattle has gone forward. and It, it, it interests the NHL. That's probably as much as we're going to get out of them right now. But if you're the league... To me, like I said earlier, I think it makes sense to do... I, I thought they handled the Vegas thing really well. Go ahead, go ahead, Bill Foley. Explore what this is going to look like in the market. See what your season ticket base could look like. See what your corporate sponsors would look like. See what suite sales would look like ahead of time. So we have a really clear picture of what we're stepping into. When you're going into a new market, a market that's never had a, a professional hockey team before, an NHL team... It makes sense to me to do that. So, and, and with the timeline, when you're talking about 2020, they can get this done easily, and the NHL could have a really clear picture by the time Seattle is ready to host an NHL club. And I feel like you have to do it there, especially if you did it in Vegas, because Vegas had the extra added bonus of we're going to put an NHL team there, and it's their only professional yeah, sports team. And it's on the strip. So, so you know yeah, it's going to be such thrive. a unique environment. It is. It and really is. We're going to set up the expansion draft where they win the Stanley Cup in their first year, apparently, or something. I still don't know what's going on. But we don't need to get back into that. Alex Tuck is good. Maybe yeah. that's the key for William Vegas. Carlson. Yeah, William Carlson's William been the Carson's bigger, ridiculous. The really biggest good. surprise. Yeah, he's been insane. Marcia So uh, you just go down the list. You have a bunch to, of guys They are. have to resign Marcia So. Yeah. Yeah. You, yeah. you cannot let that guy nope. walk at 27 nope. after what he's done the last two years. Yeah, actually, let's go back to Vegas for a second. When you start to look up and down their lineup, there are guys you need to, you need to make sure you bring back now for next year. Like, how much does this change? I know we've talked about how much it changes – their approach at the trade deadline if they're still contenders. But let's say this team makes the playoffs this year. How much does it change their approach going forward into next season? Well, I don't, and we've talked about this before, yeah. how this could be – I'm even hesitant to say it's fool's gold now because of what Vegas has done thus far. But I, I think that's still where I'm leaning. You can't get, you can't get fooled by this incredible first season and think you have a cup contender at no, this point. I agree with that. You still have to stay with the long-term plan, right? Because some of these guys, I mean, a, a couple of these guys aren't long-term guys like Neil or Flurry, right? Yeah and, yeah, and with Neil, you have a decision to make this year. Yeah. You have another year, you can wait on Flurry, especially since he's been hurt all year anyway. But, but I, I was looking more along the lines of, like, a guy like Alex Tuck is 21 years old. That's now somebody you're building around. Yeah, and absolutely. And he's, he's signed for the next two years, and you'll sign him beyond that. And then be an RFA. RFA. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Carlson RFA. I mean, they're going to have to pay, hand out some money here. But... but can you approach it now in such a way where if they were to make the playoffs this year, even if they're the last team to get in and they win one playoff game, let's try to get in the playoffs next year too. Is there a way to do that without sacrificing the future? Yeah, because, I mean, uh, the only thing that I think you have to make a decision on at this deadline is Neil yeah. and what you want to do with him. Because, again, Grabowski, that was salary dump. David Perron was probably somebody you could have gotten an asset for, but he's missed pretty much the entire missed a lot of the season. Yeah. Lucas Spiza, I don't know how much he was in their long term plans. Clayton Stoner, same thing. Derek England, 
I mean, he's not going to cost you much if you want him back to be the hometown guy. Jason Garrison comes off the books. So it's Marcheseau and Neal, and I think Marcheseau should be you sign him no matter what. I agree. And Neal should be, I think you still trade him no matter what, but I can understand them holding on to him now. Yeah, Marcheseau's 26, coming off a 30-goal season, and he's been lights out this year. He's only making 750000 But I think 26 is certainly still young enough where you say, okay, that guy is another piece. It's just what's most remarkable to me about Vegas isn't just that they're winning now but that they have found, I think, pieces already that are part of their long-term future with Marchessault and Tuck and Carlson. Carlson, for sure. And look, I mean, there's no way I'm trading Marc-Andre Fleury, but is Malcolm Subban the goalie of this team That's after he leaves? Look at how Malcolm Subban's played. He, they, maybe. If, if you can save last night. Yeah, on and one if, of you the shots can, by Dallas. if you can get something really valuable for Marc-Andre Fleury, again... I, don't get don't get swayed too much by what's happening this season. Think about that long term. If you can parlay him into really good assets and James Neal, I mean, this timeline could be fairly short for this team, right? My stance all along was you trade James Neal because you can't you probably aren't keeping him past this year. Yeah. And you can't trade Flurry because you you made such a big deal out of him in his role in the community and him being the sort of the face of the franchise last June when he did the expansion draft. But I wonder if the fact that Fleury hasn't really played this year and Subban has looked good potentially makes him a little more expendable, even if we're talking next year at the trade deadline or something. I guess, I mean, we have plenty of time to see what Subban actually is before then, but I don't know. Vegas has is, is really just completely flipped the script on how this is supposed to go. Incredible story. Incredible story. But we were, we were still talking about relocation, oh, okay. which we've already, we've already rung yeah, that bell. Yeah. But again, how does Houston factor into this? And what do you do if you're the league now when you have two extremely viable markets? Markets that you want to go to. You've expressed interest in both of those markets. In Houston's case, you've tried to move two separate teams there. What are you doing now? What's your thinking? If it's me, I'm picking the one, I'm taking time, and I'm picking the one that appeals to me the most as an expansion team, and I'm expanding. Uh, I probably wouldn't do it like next year. Well, you can't do it next year for Seattle, but I would give it a little bit of a buffer from having just done it to Vegas this year. I'm really wary of relocating too often because it makes your product seem weird. Like we're it sure se- does. We're seeing this in the NFL with the okay, the Rams moved to LA. All right, well they have a history there; it makes some sense. Oh, by the way, now San Diego's moving to LA and Oakland's moving to Vegas, and it's like, okay, I mean you can kind of get away with that in the NFL. I think you, yeah, that, that, you're the exactly. NFL. Yeah, you it is the NFL. Although in in the Chargers case. Not so much because nobody cares. Yeah, nobody, nobody cares about, cares the, about the team. And the Chargers yeah. are going to win the division. The Rams are good. Yeah, and now the Chargers are suddenly, and and they need to be in that market. You got to be relevant. But I, I still, you know, you're right, Jamie. Not nobody cares about those teams. No, L A said, please don't. Give, we don't care about any NFL teams. And NFL said, here are two. And now it's going to be Rams Chargers. Almost Super three. Bowl. <laughs> I just. Especially like the NBA got into this where they kept moving teams to and from Charlotte and calling teams the Hornets and not and like people that are casual fans just start to lose track of if you're moving a team every two or three years you you mess up your product. There's just no way around it. Yeah, and you can't be. I mean, I don't think the NHL can strong arm markets the way the NFL can because no. there's so much power there. Um, you know, my understanding of it is as long as they think they have a viable ownership group and the possibility of an arena, the NHL does not want to relocate teams. I believe that. I now, agree, for the we reason can, we just put out there. But there are a couple situations where that you know that, that's not the case right now. I mean, you look at the situation in Calgary, for instance, what are they going to do about an arena? 
What's going to happen there now? If the Calgary Flames got relocated to Houston, I think Canada would declare some sort of attack towards at least like North Dakota or something, just to sort of make a statement. Like they would throw a Tim Hortons donut over the border and be that's, like, you know what it means. Yeah, and that's been a nomadic franchise, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I think any NHL franchise that has ever touched Atlanta is doomed. Although you think you picked one of them to win the Stanley Cup. I think Cup, you bet yeah. on Winnipeg, didn't you? That's yeah. fine. Okay. They can be doomed afterward. Okay. <laughs> but also, Jamie gets I, something out of it. I, I, well, of course. I'm a me guy. Really? But, <laughs> but the other thing that to factor in, too, is you do need a, a safety city if something really goes wrong somewhere. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Carolina, excuse me. Um, you well, know, you, you although need they're to, selling now. Now possibly, they're selling, right? But, like you need to have a safety city at some point, and I don't think they're, they want their safety city to be Quebec. They've made it clear that they don't have that much interest in going to Quebec. Yeah, sorry, Quebec. I know you keep asking what's wrong with us. Well, the NHL thinks there's a lot wrong with you. Yeah, it's not you. No, that actually it is you. It's not me. It's you. Yeah. Is that that's the speech that they keep giving Quebec? That is something that the NBA has done with Seattle for years. Like not only did they take their team, but they've basically they can use them there. To sort of say, hey, if you don't get your act together, Some leverage. Here's Seattle. So, all right, that's more relocation talk so, than but, I can handle. But, but with with Carolina looking to sell, with Carmanos looking to sell, that changes the picture. If that goes through, you, you've got somebody if. who can. Everything's an if. It is. But yeah, go ahead, finish your thought. If that happens, then you're no longer worried about Carolina being a, an unstable franchise, and now you're just talking about two teams in the West that are possibilities for relocation. And again, if if you don't want to move either of those teams, what do you do with Houston? Because now yeah. they're team number 33. Well, is it Houston or Seattle? Like, Who's more likely to get an expansion franchise? I, I have always been told in the past that Seattle was an expansion market. That's how the NHL viewed it. But does Houston change the picture on that? Because now you've suddenly got a city with a lot of wealth in it, potentially wealthy owners, maybe that changes it. Maybe they can afford it more than Seattle can, especially after they're spending $600 million to renovate an arena. Yeah, Houston's an attractive market. There's a lot of things to like about it. If they expanded, when do you think that would be, roughly? No clue. No clue. Would it also even... depend on where. Like, if, again, if they're expanding, if they decide to expand to Seattle, we know it can't be before 2020. As the Houston Rockets owner has said, we're, we take an NHL team tomorrow. That would be awkward. That would be awkward. Mid-season? Yeah. See, and now the Cairns actually lose somebody good. <laughs> I'll do respect to Paul Pakinen or whatever. I forgot his name already. Timu. Polkinen. Timu Polkinen. Yeah, that's true. Now if there's an expansion draft. Would they do the expansion draft the same way? I, mean, I think they would after this model. Why not? Would they still hold it in model, Vegas, right? though? I'd still hold it in Vegas at the awards show. <laughs> yeah. That worked out pretty well. Yeah, give, give Vegas another player out of it, too, just for the heck of it, because it's Vegas. Uh, sp- speaking of awkward, Russia... Is not in the Olympics. Yeah. Um, let's work backwards instead. Okay. Who's in the Olympics? I'm really having a hard time with that. Is the Swedish Elite League still in? Yeah, or they pulled out for unknown reasons. Let's all pick our, our Olympic hockey male gold medalists. I'm going with Sweden. Sweden? Yeah. Pretty, pretty South clear. South Korea? <laughs> okay. Independent nation? Jamie. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Craig went way outside the box. Jamie went Independent a outside nation the box. May, might medal. They, yeah, I could see, I could see that. That would be really strange on the podium. Independent Art, the nation, art, not named Russia. The artist formerly known as Russia <laughs> <Yes>. will uh, <laughs> bronze. Uh, <laughs> what, what do we? What, this is going to be such a strange Olympics. Without getting into all the politics of it, we don't know what the KHL is going to do yet. It, I mean, we have. I don't, I don't know if all of our listeners knows the backdrop, but 
Russia has been banned from the Olympics yes. as as Russia, but the the athletes can still compete at not under the Russian flag, which is just bizarre because they're still going to be Russians. Yeah. Everyone's going to know they're Russians. We're still going to associate them with Russia. Maybe they won't play the anthem, but, but so what? That'll play? just make the medal ceremony shorter. It's just play like, I don't should, know. I, I don't know what some they standard. should pick some very Is there an Olympic song? Isn't there actually? Haven't they, they might, done this in the past? There might actually be an Olympic song. Remember when they had the Federation of Russian, when, when the Soviet Union broke apart, didn't they do something else like the Olympic? The, I don't even remember. I'm going to have to look this up. But they have something in place. There's a placeholder for that. Craig would have them play Barbra Streisand because she doesn't get her due in today's uh, day and age. No? Too far back in the show? I think it'll be a, a photo of Vladimir Putin with an X through it. Mm-hmm. That's yeah, going to go over great. It'll, it'll rise. Well, it's like some Russian rap song that has no place. but just If they send athletes, they're going to win medals because Russia does pretty good in the Winter Olympics. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's going to be awkward. What is, and Vladimir Putin has already said they're not going to boycott. He's not going to take that opportunity away from the athletes. But... We still don't know what the KHL is going to do. And if the KHL doesn't allow its players to go, that's going to impact more than Russia. Canada was hoping for like 10 players under KHL contracts. Yeah. That Sean Burke was, was hoping for that. And if that goes away, I mean, he might have to start looking to the junior ranks, right? I don't know what else he would do. You can't look to the be, NHL. So the World Juniors might be more exciting than the Olympic Hockey. Yeah, they, they will be. And I don't. I mean, you can't just take junior players to fill out your roster and then go against a bunch of like twenty-nine-year-old Swedish elite league players. You're going to lose. So that's your Olympic update. By the way, the Olympics start in like two months. Yeah, I know. So. I'm, not, I'm not ready. And the in the roster, <laughs> no, yeah, clearly nobody else is. The rosters are still in flux. They have no idea what the pool of players looks like, and we're that close. Oh, uh, boy. Bad things, man. Let's, Bad uh, things. Let's stay in the KHL real quick. Mike oh, Keenan. Yeah, how about that? Fired as coach of the Kunlin Red Star. Did I pronounce that right? You did. I think I did. Okay. Yes. And replaced by? Bobby Carpenter. Another. Former Bruin. Is that right? Bruin Capital. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, yeah. American? Is an NHL team ever going to hire Mike Keenan as their coach again? No. Okay. No. He is for, for Daryl Sutter times ten. No, <laughs> he will never work in the NHL again. So what really, he lost nine straight games, so that'll get you fired. Apparently not in Philadelphia, but <laughs> they have a shorter leash they, for their coaches in Cleveland than yes. they do in Philadelphia. <laughs> it it helps to get all those loser points. I guess I mean, Philadelphia got like five loser points in that ten game losing streak. So they actually moved up in the standings. And Dave Haxtell insisted we're we're actually playing pretty well. Ignore the record. Um, Speaking of ignoring the record, so Peter Chiarelli is finally getting criticism. As the, uh, I'm assuming there's not going to be a bell for this because we've already mentioned Chiarelli. Oh, there is. Oh, nice. Okay. He's actually getting criticism outside of this studio, which is... That is something new. Yeah. But not in Edmonton. They're not criticizing him in Edmonton, uh, are they? Uh, this is what was weird, and this is the one time I would actually not come to his defense, but of all the things to criticize him for, Cam Talbot gets hurt. And that seemed to start the avalanche of people complaining that Peter Chiarelli didn't have a competent backup goalie lineup. Look, if you have to get him on tax evasion, you get him on tax evasion. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> like, that's, that's really, you know. It's a good thing we're not talking about Lou Lamorello. Uh, ooh. Then we would have that. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> that line from Untouchables. I don't think we have a bell for that. I want him dead. I want his family dead. I haven't seen Untouchables. Oh, you got to see that. It sounds like a Robert a De Niro. great movie. It, it is. is. That De Niro's Al Capone. Craig's got a well, spoiler alert. Spoiler alert for the actor? Like, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> you'll know that 30 seconds into the film. Okay, but I want those first 30 seconds of mystery. Now I'm not going to watch it. I'll just uh, just read the book. No, I won't. 
Edmonton, is it is it fair to expect a team to have a, a good backup goalie lined up? I mean, that's the least of their concerns, isn't it? Well, you could always trade a forward for one. Taylor Hall had a nice forward. goal last night, by the way. Nugent Hopkins for, for a backup Steve Mason. Goalie. Yeah, <laughs> Steve Mason. Wow. He is the most Edmonton of all goalies, isn't he? That's, again, picking at the parsley of the problem. Like, the problem isn't their backup I like goaltender. That. Picking oh. at the parsley of the problem. Sounds like something. You're, Craig you're into alliteration today, aren't you? I know. You? Big alliteration guy. Okay. Puns and alliteration, that's my brand. Shouldn't your initials be the same if you're going to be the alliteration guy? I, I didn't have much choice in the matter. Oh. Okay. Also, technically, if I if I changed it to be my last name, it'd be assonance at that point because that's vowel sounding. I'm gonna put that degree. I'm gonna put. I'm gonna put that degree to good use. I'm not sure you could say that on a podcast, to be honest. Um, I'm gonna move on to Colorado. We don't want to talk about Edmonton anymore. I we tried. don't want to talk about Edmonton, Arizona, and Buffalo at the bottom of the standings. Again. I tried to bring up Edmonton, it's and crazy, Jamie brought up assonance. What is this? 2015. Yeah, how about that, the simple fact that all the teams that picked near the bottom of the drafts the last, or the top of the drafts right. the last couple of years are still there? Look at what Connor McDavid and Jack Eichel have done to say, for those two teams. And two of the teams. three have a franchise center. <laughs> yes. And the What's third... your excuse? Oh, yeah, one is the GM. Buffalo, and I have no idea. Even I have f- no idea what their excuse is. Even Philadelphia, I mean, they shouldn't have been picking second last year, but they did, and they're now much, much worse, apparently. They're not great, and again, they're getting nothing from that pick right now. I, I, I believe Nolan Patrick will be fine, but for the current season, they're getting nothing from him. Who makes the playoffs? <sighs> is Edmonton going to make the playoffs? No. I don't think so at this point. I don't think so. So is Chiarelli going to actually feel some heat here, or is this better. Just... He'll get some in the offseason, I think. He'd better. If, if they don't make the playoffs after that season last year, who do you look at? Who do you look at other than the GM? Well, the I think McClellan made? will take the hit first. He probably will. You're and probably right about that's that. That's a bad that decision. Take, yeah, it's a terrible decision. It's not his fault that you've hamstrung him with these roster moves. And then at that point, McClellan and Tippett are the two highest sought-after coaches for whoever fires a coach. Like, uh, is it possible? You would know this better than anybody, Craig, except maybe Tippett himself. Like, let's say Philadelphia makes a coaching change at the All-Star break. Is Dave Tippett ready to coach again? I think he would step back into coaching. And like to somewhere like Philadelphia, or does he I'm, have? I'm very... not sure what his feelings are on that particular franchise. I haven't. I don't have notes on each franchise, okay. but <laughs> I know he's a big fan of the Snyder family. You know, obviously Ed Snyder's gone now, but I, he was a big fan of that franchise because of that family. But how he feels about that roster and that situation, I don't know. Would uh, yeah, okay, uh, yeah, I'll just leave it at that. That's. Uh, I think that would be my pick to make a coaching change first. Would probably be Philadelphia. Buffalo, I mean, Buff- the Sabres can't make a coaching change every month. Like, they need to find somebody to sort of yeah. stick I could see Todd McClellan you... losing his job, too, though, because I yeah. think it's a way for Peter Chiarelli to... Is it Chiarelli or Chiarelli, by the way? I hear both all the time. I'm going to ask him. That's the question you're going to ask yeah, him? That's yeah. what I'm going to ask him. So let's many let's other start with this, okay. okay. Now, question two. Taylor Hall, still feeling good about that trade? Is yeah. it Taylor Hall or Adam Larson? How, How do you pronounce it? The, the Ryan Strom acquisition. Feeling good about that one? Jordan Everly has been great for the Islanders. Yes, he has. Better than I thought he was. He's a good player. Yeah, that's that's a a tough to argue point. Kind of to your point, what's the more, assuming they both, let's say they get fired simultaneously, what's the more attractive job? I think it's still Edmonton. Oh, me too, because you have Connor McTay. You you have have two 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 great centers. I don't know. But how do you get, how do you acquire the pieces that you need to fill in around him with the way 
Chiarelli's constructed this roster and the fact that McDavid's contract kicks in next year. Yeah, I mean, you're, 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 you're in trouble. New GM there, but teaching them how to uh, play a little bit of defense would be nice as well. Well, but again, you need personnel. Oh, wow. Look at that. Ooh, I, don't know. I have that no one. idea what that one was. Neither do I. That was abstract. Okay. Um, I just think that I'm trying to pull up Philadelphia's cap situation but like on the surface if somebody says like hey you're gonna be the coach of one of this team for one year we just need you to step in for a year i'd take edmonton because you've got mcdavid and dry obviously but when you start to look big picture you're gonna have mcdavid and dry and that's it for a while if there's one thing dave Tippett can do is he can win with one million dollar players on the third line I mean, we've we've seen him before. Yeah, it's yeah, not the can, most ideal scenario, but he can give him better defensive structure. Then again, yeah, for Tippett, I, I say Edmonton that, would but be a good choice. I, I say that, but Todd McClellan's a guy who knows how to do that. They, 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 they coach very similar styles. McClellan's so. not a bad coach. No, I, I, I think he's a he good should coach. take the Philly job when he get when he gets fired from Edmonton. <laughs> Won't happen, but so Tippett, it only happens in college. But Tippett to Edmonton, McClellan to Philadelphia, right? That's what we just did. I think Dave Tippett would love to coach uh, anyone. Would love to coach Connor McDavid and Le- and Leon oh, yeah. Dreisaitl. I will say this: Philadelphia's cap situation is not that much better. Like they're not right up against the cap, but they all their guys are signed for a while. At the same time, we're hearing that the cap could be eighty million next year, so maybe that creates some leeway for space. teams. It's all, all I know is if you're looking to be a, if you're a playoff hopeful, Tippett will help you. I hate that the cap can move. I really ever. I mean, I don't want it to move much. Eighty no. million would be at a this jump. point. So do I because it's it's not going to do the Blackhawks any good Black anymore. I don't want a team. This, yeah, is this is not disingenuous at all. A Penguins fan like, oh no, I don't want the cap to move at all now that it's be- it benefited the Penguins five years ago. So now it doesn't matter. Yeah, starting now, I don't want okay. the cap to move anymore. I, I think I was pretty clear. Uh, I don't. It's just not a knock on Edmonton, but I think if you've screwed up your roster, you have to work your way out of it, not just get bailed out. And to me, if the cap moves, all of a sudden Chiarelli can go out and. Yeah, Craig, what do you think about... But it's simply a trigger of the percentage out? of revenue, right? That's the, just how it works. Yeah, I mean, that's, getting bailed out is the, the compliance buyout. Those, that's a bailout. Yeah, The okay. cap moving up is not a bailout. Or, you know, having three guys on long-term injured reserve and still not managing to win. Yes. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I digress. Just a little bit. Who is... Okay, this is the fun game to play. Let's say the cap moves up. How much would that be from where it is now? Like, that would be a... What is it now? 70? A significant amount, wouldn't it? Like 75 now, so it's... Yeah, okay, it's 5 million. million. Yeah. What would Peter Chiarelli spend $5 million on? <laughs> Hopefully his blue line, but... He's already got Milan Lucic. So can't do that again. Just a bonus to Lucic? By the way, it's on that team of all teams, you can see how slow Lucic is. Yeah. That's probably not the best team for him to be on. It's like having, like, it's like having those little motorcycles that go really fast, racing around like a big rig, basically. That's, <laughs> that's what McDavid skating with Lucic looks like. Yeah. Occasionally, Lucic knocks one of those motorcycles off the track, but that's yeah, about all he does. That's that's pretty much it. It doesn't really help you ultimately. It's probably an oversimplification of what he brings to the game, but we'll, we'll go with it. Well, he's not in the right situation, I would say. All right, Colorado. I want to talk about the Avalanche. I've tried this twice now. He wants to talk about the Avalanche. Do you all want right. to talk about the Avalanche? Not really, but we'll, okay. I'll, I'll allow it. Well, you already did. Uh, they're terrible again, or they're at least trending well, towards they, terrible. They they're 500. Shane. Yeah. They're better than last year. But they traded Matthew Shane and... Ottawa's terrible now too. Yeah, Ottawa is terrible. They've got well, that's, they've got nothing from Duchesne yet. Yeah. The peripherals say they will get. Like I don't, not freaking out about it, but they he's, haven't got enough from Duchesne yet. He's waiting for just the right moment. Uh, Nate McKinnon was really good. Again, yeah. for the like 18th time in the show, don't expect every young player to have linear progression. Non-linear progression is part of growing. 
I just feel like Jamie learned a really cool phrase like a month ago, and now he brings up nonlinear progression every I'm surprised episode. it's not on Natty yeah. Bingo. You know what, Greg? It's, it's more of a new. I, I broke it out just a couple episodes ago. Just to cut him down, ago. Greg, you should have included it. Yeah, nonlinear progression. All right. We saw it with Gossip Bear. We've seen it with Nathan McKinnon. Cut down the guy who made the bingo card for us. How many bells have we heard so far, by the way? Not a ton. What's what's the bell count? Four? Five? Five. I guess we're at five. Oh, we've surely up 20% of the way there. Yeah, Yeah, it's rather depressing. Have we mentioned the Detroit Red Wings yet? Um, Jamie, how do you feel about the fact that Detroit has lost many games in a row? That I'm not surprised. Okay, because they were a playoff team and now they're not. That well, that, that's cute. They, they had a, they had See, a good now, first now like we're playing to the card and not getting it. Uh, the Dallas is Martin Hansel doing anything? I feel like that would be on there. No, <laughs> nothing. Nothing with Martin Hansel either. Okay. Are we sure you're, ru- you're ruining the spirit of bingo. All right, fine. Okay, I just want to talk about Martin Hansel. Um, no, you don't. Who who doesn't? Colorado. Jamie's right. Nathan McKinnon's been a beast. Oh, that's lately. not on the bingo card. Jamie's right. I'm disappointed. No, <laughs> that's on the bingo card of opposite. It's on my day. bingo card. Yeah, it's on your bingo card of life. Should we just start shouting out things we think might be on there? Like Dylan's Strong reference? No, no, not on there. No, we shouldn't do Apparently that. Apparently not. Because no. if, if we don't hit bingo this week, we'll just have to we'll mix up over. the numbers and do it again next week or something. All right, we're not talking about Colorado because I'm getting no support. So let me turn it what, this way. What do you want to say? They're bad. Nate McKinnon's good. Miko Rantanen's good. Kerfoot's having a strong season. Tyson Berry's really good. All the players we thought would be good are good. That's all I wanted. Everybody we thought would be bad would be bad, and that's where they are. Nice right. level analysis there. Look at that. Over to the uh, Eastern Conference. Okay. New Jersey makes a trade with Anaheim. Uh, the Ducks were sort of, I guess, forced to make a trade because all of their forwards are hurt other than Corey Perry. Which, by the way, did you see Corey Perry on a breakaway last night? No. He scored. By he's on a breakaway, he just like sort of stops about ten feet in front of the goalie and just winds up and takes a slap shot. It was like Love watching it. Adrian Acoin in the shootout, and it Love worked. It. Adrian Acoin, but that's that, that a, was a that was a hell of that's a run a too for Adrian Acoin in the shootout. Oh, it was unreal. It was money. It was it was the, the best. closer. <laughs> it was what was it? what was it? It was uh, Korpakowski was a sacrificial lamb first, and then Verbata with forehand backhand, and then Acoin for backhander, for backhand the torpedo, and then Korpakowski almost I believe he hit at like a four percent rate. Going first as well. All, all I remember he from got him, there really fast. Yeah, though. he yeah. would sprint in and like totally throw the goalie yeah. off. Like yeah. the Coyotes had that yeah. that trio that would just like give goalies nightmares because Korpakowski would skate right at you and not shoot. Right. Yes. And then Verbata would it's score. Like Victor Stahlberg. Yeah. <laughs> There's so many That's players that I could name Brandon just Curry. like that. Right. Could fly to the net and then have no idea to do <laughs> what to need do him? once they get there. Um, have I buried any other players on this? Uh, not not yet. Jamie okay. just randomly insulting. people. So back to the Devils. Speaking yes. of the Devils, Ray Shero. Right now. GM of the year? Oh, yeah. Top of the list? He's yeah. already won it once, hasn't he? He won it one of the... I think he won it, like, the first year with Pittsburgh. The first year that was an award. T- I mean, the, the infusion of youth they have there, Will Butcher, Jesper Bratt, and Nico Hischier, all having very good seasons. So you've injected youth, speed, skill into your lineup, and, and energy, really. Yeah. But beyond that, I mean, you look at the, the moves that he's made. Uh, we, we just talked about the Sammy Batman one, which is sort of the icing on the cake. But he got Marcus Johansson this offseason, too. For nothing. For nothing. Yeah. Yes. Got this Taylor t- Hall for almost nothing got, yeah. a couple years ago. Yeah. And that, that doesn't count for voting this year, but... It did for Chiarelli getting top three last year. That's true. He, he drafted McDavid. He stretch it. With a number one pick. What a bold move. <laughs> they really... That is a weird award in, in the sense that it's tough to evaluate a GM just based on the last seven months or whatever. When, when that award's given out, like you kind of... It almost should stretch back 
two to three years. When, I don't know how you do you that. Because you I think you should be looking at the plan, right? Yeah. You know, it's, it can't be just confined to one season. It's, it's too hard for a GM to make it all happen in one year. But they've made it happen really fast here. This is an exciting team. This is a good team. And the thing that we talked about last year, we labeled the Devil's Blue Line the worst in the NHL last year. Yes. They've added Sammy Votnin and Will Butcher, who was the top college free agent. Suddenly yeah. their blue line, I'm, I still think they need one more piece back there to go along with Andy Green. But if they add one more defenseman, a, a second pair defenseman, this is a team that can make some noise in the playoffs. Yeah, I still worry about secondary scoring on this team, but everything else so far has been great. We did the team preview of the Devils now two seasons ago, and I and you're right. I remember their defense. They literally at the time it's like had Ben Lovejoy, David Schlumpko. No, yeah, horrific. They had five Green. five defensemen. First of all, that were NHL players, and yeah, two of them were Ben Lovejoy and, and David Schlemko. I mean, it wasn't. It was it was unbelievable. And then their forwards. I want to say the average age. This was like two years ago. The average age. The average, not like the the high was right around thirty three, thirty four. And again. That's fine if you have star players that are 33 or 34, but they weren't. Like, their best player was Mike Camilleri. So for him, for Ray Shiro to come in and draft well and, and make savvy moves, I mean, he did it He did it just the right way. He saw that Washington was cap-strapped, and so he was able to move in and get Johansson. He saw that Anaheim has a surplus of defensemen. They're about the only team and was desperate for a forward. And he saw that Chiarelli was the GM at Edmonton and said, I'll just take one of your best players. That's how you build a team. You draft well, and then you find opportunity in trades. I'm not really shocked that Shiro, I've always thought he was one of the best GMs. I'm kind of surprised he's done it this quickly, though. Yeah, me too. I, uh, and then and you look at their cap situation. They still have flexibility. And, I, you know, I neglected to mention Damon Severson, who's another guy who factors in there. So maybe they're happy with their, their blue line. But, you know, I still think they could upgrade a little bit there. But what a difference that has made. And in terms of secondary scoring, Jamie, I mean, they just got Travis Zajac back in the middle of last month. They're going to get Kyle Palmieri back in that the lineup too. Tremendously. Yeah. Tremendously. To go along with the young players they have, Taylor Hall, this, they have, they've got some good pieces. This is an interesting team right now. Taylor Hall is on pace for about 90 points. Right. And if, if Nico ends up being a number one center, you're in really good shape with this team. Yeah. I mean, some of it certainly helped to move up and get that first pick. And give him credit. Oh, they, that. Yeah. They took Esher instead of Patrick when really we had heard that Patrick was probably going to be the number one pick for most of last season. They kind of went back and forth. It wasn't like he was some generational talent, but mm-hmm. it took some guts to go ahead and take Heesher with the first pick, all things considered. So, I don't know. I mean, it's still early in their careers, but it's... Yeah, and by the way, they're getting, like, other contributions as well. Blake Coleman is a guy that hasn't produced a lot, but they like what he's given them. And then Brian Gibbons is the other crazy yeah. story. He's 29 years Life old, goals. late bloomer, but he's scoring for them. Yeah. Uh, they, they've actually been a really good story this year. They just mm-hmm. don't get talked about very much because of Vegas. Uh, Craig has informed us he wants to talk about Carey Price's skates. So go ahead. There's not much to say there. Did you see the story, though? No. I like, did not, actually. You know, it's Jamie McLennan talking about him going back to his heavier, bulkier skates and it being a psychological advantage for him. Like oh, he's getting the nice. bucks that he wasn't getting to before, which doesn't make any sense because if your skates are lighter, presumably you'd get you'd somewhere faster. Somewhere faster yeah. I read the story and just came away thinking, huh? How, how does that factor into anything? Uh, goaltending. Nonetheless, Carey Price has been incredible since he's come back, and lo and behold, Montreal's back in a playoff position. Do you guys want to take back what you said like two weeks ago that he's not a good goalie anymore? I don't, I don't, I don't believe, remember I don't believe that's that. what we said. Oh. Uh, when you said you wouldn't take him first if you were drafting all the goalies right now. for a I still wouldn't season. take him first if you were drafting all the goalies right now, so no, I would not take that back. Okay. 
Jamie being stubborn is that on the card, or is that just implied? With the that, yeah, that, I mean that that's creation. Of that's the that's card. a subhead for the show title. Okay, that's uh, natural this, hat. The Natty Hattie featuring Jamie being stubborn. Is it uh, is it Bobrovsky? Is he still the the guy at this point? If he he went back be. to back. He's on the short list. Yeah. he's on the short list. I heard this discussion, so I'll bring it up to you guys. Is Toronto? I want to make sure I phrase this correctly. The way I heard it, because Lou's listening. Well, he is now. After you said whatever you said earlier, the um, the the conversation was broached through the avenue of is Toronto capable of being the best team in the NHL right now? And it wasn't specifically are they going to win the cup this year because it is different in the playoffs. But that's a weird question. It well, is a weird. Question. Are they capable? Are they capable? Just a lot of teams are capable. I was listening to a show based out of Toronto, and I think oh. they figured out every possible way to talk about the Maple Leafs. It's a weird, uh, yeah, if uh, the Lightning get contracted, the the Maple Leafs are capable of being. If the best seven team. players on the Maple Leafs have career years, yes, they're capable of playing like the best team. In the league, what, what is what is that question? No, they're right? not. They're not the best team in the league. They're not the second best team in the league, despite no. what the, the Stanley Cup odds will tell you. Okay, are they the second most? They're they the second most favorited. They are. Yeah, behind Tampa. Now again, wow. I understand that there's a there's a Yankees Patriots type effect Absolutely. to it as well. Absolutely. Like yeah, the, there's like, an element of just what people are betting. I'm yeah, looking I mean, at the Nashville Predators right now. We're eight and one and one in their last ten, and that's. I mean, they were in the Cup final last year. That that's a team to watch. And again, this might be a little too simple, but Toronto's not even the best team in its division. No, but so they might be in a division with the best team in hockey. Yes, which makes them not the best team. But I'm just saying, like, if, if Toronto was in the Pacific, are they the best team in are the we, division? Are we suddenly trashing the Metropolitan? Are we like the, the division last year that was clear in a way the best division in hockey? Are, not, are we now like relegating it to what? Well, it's, I think it's still the, the best place. Is it? Okay. Yeah. It's still good. It just, we're. I don't feel like I like any of those teams in the postseason. Do you well, have any confidence in the Devils in the postseason? No, Columbus? and the Capitals are diminished. The Capitals are diminished as we thought they would be. They're diminished. Pittsburgh has just won two cups in a row, and that's that's the greatest problem I see there. But just I still have fatigue. confidence in them in the postseason. Sure. Just not, yeah. not winning all of it. Not after that many extra games. So maybe that's it, the new blood. I mean, New Jersey, Columbus, and the Islanders, are those teams going to make noise in the postseason? I don't know. If those teams finish at the top like they are right now, one of those teams is getting upset in the first round. Columbus has to win something eventually, don't they? They've never won a series. Like, yeah, yeah, I mean, this is the year. Probably, you've got a you know you've got a, a wounded penguin. I shouldn't say wounded as much as just a tired Penguins team. They're lined up to play the Islanders in the first round right now. Columbus against the Islanders. The Islanders will be fun in the postseason, but teams that play is that let's say that sort of defense don't tend to win. That ruling's coming in like a month, too, isn't it, on Belmont Park? Yeah, I was going to say, we didn't even throw the Islanders or the Panthers gonna, or any of those We're going to see teams. what happens with John Tavares pretty quickly, I think, after that. Because oh, the talk in New York has always been that once they get that done, they'll sign him to an extension. And if it doesn't happen, like within, what, a month yeah. of that being announced, start throwing up some red flags because we're getting really close to free agency at that point. And as we've said on this show before, why wouldn't John Tavares at least test the market and then come back? Is this going to be wants to be there? A situation where if he left, he would go to like the Rangers. Oh. That's just that to me is that just kills all the fun in free agency. Like, well, I've always wanted to play in Madison Square Garden. Okay, well, you can play there twice a year on a different team. Yeah, I mean, you could throw out a, a ton of candidates. I think Greg Wyshynski just had a story naming eight candidates. Yeah, but, he did. but they were all I, the I Rangers, of, Toronto, right? All the same. Like, I don't want that. Well, yeah, but that's where people want to play hockey. 
Okay, but well, I mean, to I an think extent, John they Tavares do. would be more fun on just a, on a not a random team. He's already done that. He, he mentioned a couple of Pacific teams as well. So he mentioned Vancouver, yeah, and San Jose. Yeah, okay, San Jose. But would I, be, I mean, it's just San Jose. It's I don't spitballing, get, really. I mean, yeah. there, there will be more teams chasing him. Every team will be chasing him just about if he's on the market. I can't the local imagine. team will be chasing him if he's on the market. Oh. Don't get Good me luck. started. How great yeah. would that be? <laughs> It'll be the piece that they've needed forever. Good Literally luck. exactly what they need, yeah. Forever. I don't know how you'd make it work, but if they could make that work, then... What do you mean, make it work huh? from a salary standpoint? No, get John Tavares oh, yeah, to with, sign on you here. You pick any, any team. You would, you would have to tell them you'd have to tell them you have your arena situation settled. And, and we're naming the arena after you. <laughs> Tavares <laughs> Arena? Too. Yeah. Tavares Arena. Uh, if they were to sign John Tavares, I think Chaika would win GM of the Year at that exact moment, right? You wouldn't even have to like play out the entire season. Here's your Eastern Conference playoff matchups right now, just because some of them are kind of interesting. De- just tell me who you would take, okay? Playoff scenario. This is fun. Devils, Capitals. You just both said you wouldn't pick either one of them in a playoff series. <laughs> I, Capitals. They, yeah. I, I don't have. I, I like Jersey. I think they're a little bit away. They weren't. I don't think Jersey's going to win the division. We know the Capitals go out in the second round. Right? Yeah. Yes. So, Capitals okay, will lose so the second round that. to somebody. And they kind of be. What did you say? <laughs> so it's got to be something about the Capitals. Okay. Second round playoffs. Capitals. Um, Columbus against the Islanders. I'd still take. I think I'd take Columbus, actually. Yeah, yeah. I think I would, too. Okay, this is where they get good. Toronto, Montreal. Toronto. We'd all take Toronto, but that'd be a fun series just to watch Canada implode over that, uh, that series. Imagine if Carey Price stood on his head and knocked the Maple Leafs out in the Which first Which he could. Round. They'd I mean, lose their minds. He could. That's like one of those situations oh, where there's a fight going on in the bar, and you're like, I'm going to watch because it doesn't playoff, involve me. I, I think one, yeah, I think the rest of Canada might invade Quebec at that point. <laughs> <laughs> Might create war. We've had Canada invading a few different people yeah. today, and then Tampa Bay and Pittsburgh in the first round. That could be decent. <sighs> that would be fun. That would be spectacular. That that's wrong. That that that's shouldn't right. happen in the first round. I hope it doesn't happen in the first but round. That to me is I'm taking where, Tampa. Yeah, I mean Tampa's winning it all. We all pick Tampa to win the cup. Oh man, if the Penguins go out in the first round, that's crazy. But the deep, I think the way to get Pittsburgh is deeper in the playoffs when it's just like, okay, we've yeah. played an extra 70 games that over everybody over the last couple of years. This is starting to wear us down. I think Pittsburgh's going to be the most dangerous in the first round. That would be a ridiculous the rounds, series. Yeah, I mean, they're going to get First tired, round is always hinky in the NHL. It, you it, see it, crazy it, it stuff. It really is. Remember way back when, when I had that little formula about playoff teams and how they win? Yeah, did in that the, ever work? In the first round, it hit about 55%. In rounds, the rest of the rounds, it was hitting at like eighty-five percent. So Does, if you need you more, still more use it? I, I'll have to bring it back out for this year. But mm. that's more of the empirical of how it's tougher to predict the first round than any other round. Yeah, yeah, I'd agree with it that. It is crazy. Jamie get a haircut? I like I, I don't three know. weeks ago during the show today. I don't know. I, just I know you used to looking at napkin Jamie, but yeah, no, I was talking about napkin Jamie. I think it's flattened from the nap he took right before the podcast, or possibly. <laughs> Napkin Jamie. Oh, Napkin Jamie. Uh, how yes. can you forget that? That was a major oversight. Let me. I was going to put this poll question out. We're going to do at least one poll question you a week. You still can. Yeah, but and maybe I will. More essential to the show, Jamie or Napkin Jamie? Ooh. Like, I feel like Napkin Jamie has, has found a special place in our heart. Yeah. Over the last Napkin month. Napkin Jamie thinks a cult hero it's now. A, a place that Jeff Baker could have found maybe with another appearance, but <laughs> that didn't happen. Are we ever going to get Jay... Jeff Baker on, well, or it depends on the laptop up. situation. I don't want to bring up any more than that. But uh, again, remember when I said FedEx. our producer's not esteemed? You said he's the leftovers. I believe is what you I, I, I did. He, he is what's left over. 
I don't know if that's, that's an that's endearing just, nickname. That's just deeper. That's that's de- a deeper cut than I'll go, Chris. I, I won't. I won't do that. Wow. Even Craig's going to draw won't the do line it like at that. this point. We might not be recording at this point. Chris may have cut yeah. us off. That's true. Anyway. I do remember what happened the one day Chris left and I had to record. And then just, there's that. It yeah. didn't go well. Yeah, the three of us remember and nobody else because they couldn't hear it. Uh, anything else? We, well, I have a question from a listener too. Another okay. one. All right. This is from Joe. Why does it seem like the Coyotes always run out of gas in the second and third period? Are the third and fourth lines not playing enough early in the game? Discuss. <laughs> uh, I asked the questions here. I don't answer. I, I would like to see the data on that before I even answer that question. Take that for data. <laughs> for Seriously, I Greg, mean, a question. It sounds like he's on the witness stand. Well, are, I mean, are they actually running out of gas in the, at the end of the second, third well, period? Well, he, he didn't say they are. He said, just said, why does it seem like it? I don't know that they are. I don't know that that's even a fair statement. Um, I, would, I would certainly point out the fact that the Coyotes have been on the road the entire season, and that's probably <laughs> impacting them. You know, and I've had this, this argument with – some people who used to cover the Coyotes. Hi, Jerry Brown. How you doing? Are you listening? I, I wasn't gonna bring. I wasn't gonna bring that up, but okay. But here's the thing. The floor is yours. People. Uh, Jerry's point was that well, they they. The same issue has occurred at home, but home games to me for the Coyotes have felt like road games because they haven't been home long enough to establish themselves or to settle in at home. So it's like another stop on the road trip. Come home for one or two games and then go back on the road. It's ridiculous. Yeah, they, had they, one, they were in like five cities and, five, and ten nights, and one of them yeah. was a home game technically. Yeah. Like you're, you're playing on the road at that point. So I think that's playing into it. I, I, I also think, you know, you look at the amount of times the Coyotes have scored the first goal and then you get a pushback from the other team. I still don't think they know how to handle that. And you're, you're getting heavy pushes from teams you know, at least at the end of the second period, you're probably seeing that a lot. I've seen that a lot this season from opponents, but I don't know if I can go that far to say they just look tired at the end of the second and third. I, I don't know. I, don't, I haven't seen the evidence for that. To your point, they've played 13. When they, when they wrap up in Chicago this Sunday, when they wrap up this three games and four nights in Boston, Columbus, and Chicago, they will have played 13 of 18 on the road. So five home games in the span of a little over a month, and two of them were completely separate from everything else. So it was go to Edmonton, go to Calgary, come home for a game against New Jersey, and then back out on the road. Yeah. And then earlier, it was go to Washington, Pittsburgh, St. Louis, come home for one game against Winnipeg, go to Winnipeg, Montreal, Ottawa, Toronto. I mean, that's literally across the country for one game. Yeah. So you're right. Two of those five home games weren't even home games. And the other thing that that does is it takes practice time away. You're not practicing because you players, you have to let them rest. I mean, sports science, the one, one of the things that it's told us is that rest is just important, just as important as getting these guys on the ice for practice, maybe more important over the grind of an 82-game season. So Rick Tockett has talked about this multiple times. They haven't had a lot of practice time, and his take, at least, is when they do get that good practice, they usually play pretty well the next day. Yeah. They just haven't done it a lot. They had a good practice yesterday, so we'll see if that translates. Uh, In Boston, yeah. their house of horrors. Yeah. <laughs> What a stretch coming up for the Coyotes at Boston, at Columbus two nights later, at Chicago the very next night. Finally home, but playing Tampa Bay and Pittsburgh. That does end that crazy stretch, though, and at least till March. When you look at their March schedule, it's insane again. But they, they play a lot of home games over the rest of December, January, and February. Want to talk about the rookie scoring race at all here? You sound like you do. Yeah, I do. I, I was okay. just talking to my computer to see if it would bring it up. Uh, Matthew Barzal is in first with 26 points. This is just points, uh, 26 points. Brock Besser is in second with 25 points, and then Clayton Keller's in third with 23. If you just go by goals, it's Besser in first with 13, and then Clayton Keller and Alex Dabrinkit have 11. So, and Adrian Kempe has 10. Look at the points per game, too. 
uh, hold on, that's not easily accessible on on NHL.com. But it is, but not on any. Besser's twenty five and twenty five. Barzal twenty six and twenty seven. Keller twenty three and thirty. Yeah. So, Barzal's my pick as of this very instant. Okay. But I mean, it's changing so frequently. Give me somebody outside those top three to keep an eye on. Sergachev. Yeah, he has been. A I, he, he is. He is playing maybe the aside from Barzal, he's probably playing the most, and maybe he shares well. Yeah, he's uh, playing the most mine. significant meaning, uh, meaningful minutes of that group. Uh, yeah, I would say you both mentioned Heshear and Sergachev, and then Alex Dabrinkit. Uh, certainly, Dabrinkit and Sergachev are playing on good teams too. What's crazy about Dabrinkit is look at look at his ice time. He's playing 14 minutes a game, mm-hmm. and he's got. 11 goals well, in 27 games. I'll tell you what, and this is why another reason why Tampa's so good, Sergachev is only playing 14 minutes a game yeah. as a defenseman because they don't even need him. That's the crazy thing. How good does that nice trade luxury. look? Nice luxury, huh? Give up Jonathan Drouin, who they didn't really need. Yeah, they're really missing the offense. Sergachev, yeah, they, they can barely muster four goals a night. It's It's got to be so tough to be the Tampa Bay Lightning right now. Eiserman doesn't do many things wrong. He really does. I mean, if you think about it, every the trades he's made, the signings he's made, yep. the whole Stamco situation, uh, it's tough to find a lot of holes to poke in how he's been, how he's, how, the job he's done as a GM. How many? No, oh, yeah, I don't know. I yeah, and I mean, there, there maybe it may have been some people questioning the wisdom of signing Steven Stamkos again. You could you could have made that argument at least. Is he going to be that guy again? Well, yeah. The answer is yeah. It turns An out emphatic he yeah. yes. He's an elite player. One of the he's playing like one of the top five players yeah. in the game right now. I think he's playing better than aside from maybe his, his sixty goal season, better than he's ever played. How many players that were very good players, like not just you know, sometimes you you hear you hear it in baseball too, like you know, a, a catcher ends up making a good manager because he sees the game differently, or you'll see like like Dave Tippett was a pretty good coach. He was not a, an all star player. No, not many. So how many really good players? end up becoming really good GMs because Steve Eiserman has pretty much been excellent at everything he's ever done in hockey. Jerry West? Well, I was just thinking just, just hockey. Just hockey? Yeah. Jeez. I mean, because if we're going to go NBA, we have to say how many great players make great late-night talk show hosts, and then we'd, it would just be Magic Johnson and nobody else, right? Wait, he was great? Well, it's kind of a that joke. That show didn't do well, did no, it? No, no. Okay. If I have to explain the jokes, there's really no point in even having me here. I agree. Jamie says that all the time. <laughs> I was setting Jamie up. It's on a delay, <laughs> and he's in the studio. Uh, Eiserman's the one. I mean, Ron Francis, I guess, is. Yeah. Well, he is AGM. I don't yeah. know if he's good say, or not. You can't say he's great until the team yeah. accomplishes something. Granted, his. No, I, you can't even say the market is more challenging. You can't. Tampa Bay, you look at that market and you think, wow, how do you do it there? That's impressive. Joe Sackick? That's funny. No. Although he did, you know, we, we didn't think he was going to get enough assets for Matt Duchesne, and he did. I'm trying to see what other really good players are GMs right now. Those, those are probably the three best players that are GMs at this point, unless you, unless you consider Garth Snow misunderstood <laughs> during his time as a player around the league. Those, Doug Wilson was a really good player for Chicago, wasn't he? Not at the level yes, of, uh, of Iserman. No, but he was a very good player. Yeah, he was an all-star. Would you take him on defense right now? I might. <laughs> <laughs> he might move the puck better than some of these guys. I just want to take. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> Figured Black I could get Hawks one defense. in there. Yeah, Is that in there. Okay. <laughs> All right. I think that's it for us, right? We don't. We're gonna end on the bell. Else. Yeah. All right. So we got no. Did uh, producer we could Chris, not answer the bell? Did we? Uh, did we hit bingo? We did not hit. How bingo. How many did we have? Eight. 
So we basically, 25. We that's... basically, do we want to, before we do this, do we want to go through the ones we didn't have or do we want to Dude, let's just keep it. Repurpose yeah, the card. Let's, let's, let's go through let's, the ones that we had. Yeah, well, but once we go yeah. through the ones we had, we can't really play one, again. Let's, let's give, give, give Chris a mic. Oh, somebody well, run over there and give Chris a mic. I can't hand. Just, I will we do could it. hand you the sheet. Yeah. I, no, I, yeah, I guess you could just hand me the sheet if you want. I don't to do even know that, that one. Chris, come was that a bicycle bell? It was. Okay, that's, that's actually just Jamie sure saying he needs to ride a bike. Oh, it's a lot of bells. Okay, you more cowbell. Do you have a train for ASU, or is that a different podcast? All right, this is annoying. Go away. Stop. We don't need more cowbell. Yeah, make that go away, Chris. Chris, here. For what, what do we do? Play Ozzy okay. Osbourne. You guys got a napkin Jamie reference. Um, I'm happy about that one. Lack of defensive depth for the Blackhawks. <laughs> a Caps second round playoff exit. Uh, a Chiarelli reference. Oh, yeah. Uh, a Jamie WWE reference. Mm-hmm. Uh, an expansion into Quebec, to, to Quebec City, Houston, and Seattle. You got all three in there. That That's was pretty good. Professional. Uh, OEL trade rumors. Nice. And then, of course, the Edmonton Cap issues. Okay. All right. It's pretty fantastic. So we we got about a third. Got so a third. I think so we next, should. Ne- so next week we should. Uh, we should play the card again. Yes. Especially with the ones we didn't get because we we did not look at the ones I that think we. This get. can be a progressive thing. Yeah. We, we know the yeah. eight that we got, so we can casually drop those. I don't, I don't even and see well, if we can improve on them. I don't even think we need to start over. Why don't we just keep the card going? That's what we'll I'm see saying. How long we go? To, so oh, that okay, way so we're not playing. Leave those okay. eight filled yeah. in and see how long okay. it takes. See how many episodes it takes. What is going to be the the sound when we get bingo? I don't know. We have to decide. We'll have to figure out. We'll figure that out in the week. Ahead, Chelsea Dagger. That won't sit no, well with some folks. Just so Luke loses his mind. We need like the goal music for the Oilers since we haven't heard it enough this season. I don't know if any of us know what it is. All right, that's uh, anything else before I wrap up. Any final thoughts that can't be on the bingo card because we've already made it that official. We've hit eight out of twenty-four or twenty-five. All right, that's uh, that's going to do it for us. For Craig Morgan and Jamie Eisner, I'm Luke Lipinski. Thanks for listening to the Natural Hattrick Podcast.